This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Beep! So, welcome, Mikey, to the 2018 horror movie review review. <gasps> Is this like an endless loop of reviewing reviews? <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to record a brief wrap up. You and I like to have kind of an overview of the whole month and talk about, you know, things that happen to happen. Every year it seems like our month is a little bit different. It is, definitely. In terms of like what we picked and intentionally and unintentionally, I think. So. Yeah kind of what's available and what mistakes we make in movie selection. Right, exactly. There were a few mistakes this year. Yeah. So let's start with some basic stats for the month. Can you run us through like the averages? I can. In 2018, we watched movies that were on average from the year 2011.5. They were on average 93 minutes long. On IMDb, they averaged around 55% rating, and Metacritic also almost exactly the same, 55%. The Rotten Tomato critics were up higher at 62%. The Rotten Tomato audience, 43%. They don't like nothing. Wow. So the similarity between the IMDb and the Metacritics is fascinating to me. It's literally uh, three hundredths of a point off. It's super weird to me because... Looking at it, it looks like about, I don't know, 40, 45% of the movies weren't even rated on Metacritic. Yeah, so it's, lots of them weren't. It's very strange that they uh, match up as well as they do. Well, and what I think is even stranger is that whenever I look at a pair of them, they're miles apart. Like, Ride was rated 61 on IMDb and 15 on Metacritic. <laughs> but somehow, yeah. it all averaged out. I think one of the things that we have learned is that it's a very different set of audience members who go to IMDb to put ratings in compared to Metacritic. I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, how about where we got the movies from? Like what what we used to watch them? So this year we watched 13 movies on Amazon Prime, 10 on Netflix, and we go down to five on Hulu. We paid money to watch four movies, one in the theater and three on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, we no, I take that back. We also paid to watch a movie on Vudu. So we spent probably more money on movies than what the U.S. budget for education. <laughs> Boom, politics. Oh, snap. We spent a lot, though. I mean, that's like two or three bucks a pop. Right. Um, Except the theater, which is ten bucks. Yeah. It's interesting. We definitely lean toward Amazon for our movies this year, and I don't think that's true for past years. No. In 2016, we were really into Hulu and a lot of Netflix. 2017 was supremely Amazon-heavy, actually. Almost all. Well, 12. But then all the rest were divided up evenly. Sure. So then this month, yeah. Just the last couple years. Interesting. Amazon is a good source for this kind of thing. They have a lot of schlocky garbage. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I'm not a huge fan of Amazon. But what can you tell us about the breakdown of the, like, parental ratings? Well, you know, when you're watching horror, you're going to get R ratings. So what we've actually done is we saw 13 R-rated movies, 
13 not rated movies because we watch a lot of very unknown stuff. Yeah. And two PG-13 movies. The Boy and the Visit. The Boy and the Visit were PG-13. So recent movies that they just... Sometimes they do PG-13 horror. It happens. Yeah. And then uh, six TVMA, uh, Netflix originals generally, and things like that, Hulu originals. Yeah. A lot of TVMA rating, which is basically an R rating. Right. Huh. Okay. Well, so we had a pretty good variety there. I'm surprised actually at how it leans toward the average year is 2011 because it felt like we watched some older movies this year, but I guess a couple of older movies compared to a whole lot of 2016, 17, 18 movies averages out pretty high. Yeah, we actually, we watched a surprising number of 2018 movies actually. And then one, our oldest movie was from 1968, watched two movies from the 80s and one from the 90s. Huh. You know what's interesting is the 2000s are not represented at all. Skipped straight from the 90s to the 2010s. Interesting. Huh. One of the things we did this month was, well, one of the things I did was write down the first shot and first line of each movie. You sure did. And I didn't really know why I was doing that other than it seemed like an interesting thing to talk about. 31% of our first shots had some kind of very obvious filter on them. Uh-huh. A green filter, a yellow filter, a brown filter, whatever. Like they were, they were changing the color of the shot artificially. Uh, 10% of them started as very very choppy like they were edited into kind of chaotic choppiness yeah and then i also went through and with particularly with the environmental shots there were some very long shots where you were looking at like a huge expanse um 31 percent of them were long shots Mm -hmm. there were also some extreme close-ups as first shots 14 percent of them Four of our movies started with extreme close-ups, like of an eyeball or Mm -hmm. like the way zoomed into that painting of the suffering Jesus where we, you know, basically you just saw like the cracks in the paint. You were that far in. Yeah. So that's pretty much how the first shot breaks down. It's interesting to see how they are used to start a movie. And so now that you've done this research, you've collected this information, what does that tell you in an overall sense? What have you learned about the art of filmmaking? I don't think I've learned anything about the art of filmmaking. (laughs) I am, yeah, that's not, that's not something I'm trying to learn about. What's interesting is I did, I, as a writer, as someone who has tried to create stories in the past, not screenplays but stories i find it fascinating that almost half of them the first shot is some kind of plot device Mm. either flash forward or flashback or something that that is being used to put the story in an in an order that is intentional does that make sense instead of just letting it roll right it's not we don't just tell stories and and you and part of our conversation at lunch was about prologues and how I think that prologues are different depending on genre. Mm-hmm. I have no re- I have done no research to back that up, so I could be totally wrong about that, but I feel like this in particular is showing us that horror likes to use the kind of prologue that either shows something that happened long in the past that is necessary to know for the current story or more like more often they like to show the end or the almost climax of this movie yeah. and then go back and and like lead you up to that. So they give you that 
that sense of you're heading towards something terrible. I think that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Bad man could have used that. Yes. Bad <laughs> plotting of any kind. Yes. Sorry. Sorry, Nigel. We'll stop bagging on you someday. You gave him a five. <laughs> um, okay, so then I talked, and then I did some research into first lines as well. I broke that down based on who said the first line. There's a lot of different ways to analyze this stuff. I'm just making it up as I go along. <laughs> In four of our movies, the hero says the first line. In two of them, the villain says the first line. And six of them, another main character, not necessarily yeah. someone that we would classify as the hero but just or the villain, but just a main character, was the first person to speak. And a whopping 55%, 16 of our movies, started with a side character who, I mean, when we say, when we classified them as side characters, they were, like, essentially non-essential characters. Yeah. Clerks at the store. Right. That's how the first speaker breaks down. Three of the movies started with the word hello. Yes, which is great because it lets you feel welcome. Right. Otherwise, the movie's just jumping in. It's rude. It's interrupting your day. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Five of the movies started with a line that we considered thematic in some way, that it was tied to the moral or the theme of the story. Five of them set the mood in some way. Perhaps the scream from You Can't Kill Stephen King, things like that. And one of them had a straight-up expository first line. (laughs) I know which one that is. I said I wouldn't bag on him anymore, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not bagging. You know, It's movies need exposition, apparently. <laughs> I feel like there are some people who would disagree with that. The only other like interesting thing that I have written down about our first line, first shot, is that the stepfather holds the record for longest time between first shot and first line. Uh-huh. Our first shot was of the street of the family he had to begin with in essentially what was the prologue. Yeah. Six minutes and 43 seconds later, (laughs) he has enough time to completely clean himself up, take a shower, shave, change his entire look, get on a ferry, go across to a whole different city. Mm -hmm. All of that happens before we get to our first line. Well, technically all of that happens and then, and like then nine a year. months of yeah. living. But yes. We didn't have to sit through that. Yes. So I guess I don't really know what I learned about any of that other than it's kind of interesting to look back and see that there are some similarities. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely some big trends, like the uh, side character speaking mm-hmm. first is major. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if, like, filmmakers, directors, screenwriters, stuff like that, do if they pay attention to stuff, do they know that 50% of horror movies, <laughs> based on our very informal research, start with a side character speaking? Is that something that people do intentionally or that there are people who are intentionally breaking those patterns? Could Fascinating. Be. Maybe some of these were very intentional tricks. Right? Maybe one of them, they were like, I'm going to start my movie by saying hello because I'm going to mock all those movies that start by saying hello and we didn't even notice. Right? <laughs> so I feel like there's, um, I don't know, some kind of master's thesis or something in this oh, information yeah. for somebody else, not me. No, I think you're ready to get your film degree. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the tags that you use 
when you are tracking this information on this beautiful spreadsheet that you have? Yes. Um, our listeners should know that I create a massive, highly detailed spreadsheet each month, well, each year for the month. And it contains, for each movie, I write down a series of tags, which are just one word, you know, pieces of text that kind of describe the elements of that movie so that I can break it down to which movies are about zombies, which are about ghosts. And the most important tag and the most common tag is horror, which you would think is simple enough. They're all horror, right? That's why we do it. But no, this month we ran across two accidentally that were not horror. Targets and 11 Minutes were both thrillers rather than horror. And that happens. Last year, again, we missed it twice. And in 2016, we actually managed to miss it three times. We watched a comedy that was not a horror. It was just a comedy. Uh, The Final Girls. I know people will say that's horror comedy, but it's not, according to me. It's (laughs) comedy about horror. Because it makes no attempt to scare you. It's simply comedic. Yeah, we cover all these tags. And the main purpose of the tags is that breakdown of what sort of horror type it is Mm -hmm. you know ghost movies zombie movies and what's interesting is we do try to spread it out and hit a lot of tags this month felt really weird like i had a hard time even picking movies like i never got to see what i wanted it seemed like i wanted to see a haunted house and Mm. and i mean bad ben's a haunted house and we watched five of those but it's not quite right i i just wanted to see a true haunted house movie like paranormal activity or whatever it's just not silly it's just ghost i feel like not just uh, not just about that particular desire that you were looking for, but in general, every movie I picked this month, I thought it was one thing, and then we got to the end, and I was like, well, that was not at all what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And sometimes that was good. Often it was not. But yeah, it was it was hard to gauge what kind of movie we were watching based on what it said in the descriptions. It seemed like there were different things on offer this year than have been in the past. And it was tricky to find, you know, the found footage, kids going to a cabin in the woods and getting murdered. Uh, That's what I want to see. And I did not find it. It was just, oh, hard to find. Let me check here. We did manage to watch eight found footage films, but Mm -hmm. that's in part because we watched five Bad Men movies. Yeah. So I I got to see found footage, which is always a delight, but not so much, you know, just ghost movies. Just, I don't know. We did watch four that had teenagers as the main characters. Yeah. In terms of what kind of monsters we saw, we actually only encountered one zombie movie this month, which was Life After Beth, which is, as zombie movies go, it's not very zombie-y. It's just, no. you know, just a few zombies instead of a big horde. So, I mean, we, we didn't get that, that kind of thing, which is all right with me. I don't really care about zombie movies. We had one movie labeled Monster, because that's when you, when you don't know what it is, it's a monster. Mm-hmm. That was the Levenger tapes, which really, I mean, that was the kid's found footage going out into the woods getting killed it should have been a ghost it kind of was a ghost but they never explained what it was so i just had to put monster so yeah that was weird um we did get six ghost movies seven serial killer movies 12 demon movies which is always a tricky category it's kind of overlaps with ghost sometimes yeah i feel like there is a pretty distinctive difference between the two though isn't there you would think except in a lot of movies they just say but it's a demon yeah they're like no ghosts don't make 
make the room cold. Only demons do. And you're like, all right, so whatever. It's the same thing. It's an invisible thing that moves stuff around. Did you end up marking all of the Bad Ben movies with the demon tag? Is that why there's so many? For the last three Bad Ben movies, I actually did not put the demon or the ghost tag on them. And they really deserve both. Ghost, demon, witch, clown. Right. Jersey devil tags. So, yeah, yeah, this may not be so accurate with these Bad Ben movies that we tacked on at the end so those aren't really included one thing we did not do as much of as we normally try to do is foreign films this year yes what uh, did we watch this year we saw one japanese movie tag Mm -hmm. one irish movie dark song one clown movie oh that's not a nationality two british movies which actually i believe yeah dark song is one of those because it was a combo irish british is that it yeah, that seems to be it. I don't think we watched any other foreign films. Huh. It's too bad. So I'm also noticing that seven of our movies were tagged with the comedy tag. Yeah, there were too many of those. There I were too many. I definitely felt that. And that's in part because two of the Bad Bens were comedy, so. Yeah. Or labeled comedy, at least. And, you know, I think some of those comedy ones... They were unexpected comedy. Charlie Charlie, I did not expect to be as funny as it was. Yeah, but I mean, the reason it gets the comedy tag isn't just because it made us laugh. It's because they intentionally, you know, it was full of intentional jokes. Right, but they don't always say that in the description is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think I don't think I knew that they were trying to be funny with Charlie Charlie until we watched it. And then they clearly were. But that was... Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that's what we were picking at the time. The anthology that we watched, we only Tales of Halloween, anthology. also was very comedic, and I yeah, really wasn't was. expecting that either. Yeah, they did not let us know about that. I don't think. Mm-mm. Of course, Little Evil we knew was comedy, as well as Life After Beth. Coincidentally, the uh, two movies that we watched with ghost reviewers, because it was always people who didn't want to watch horror movies. Well, mostly. Yeah. Or whose whose favorite kind of horror isn't the kind of horror that we would pick or sometimes our our ghost reviewers, we love you guys, but you won't just say this is what we want to watch and then we're <laughs> left trying to guess. So, I think we defaulted to horror comedy there because it it felt safe. Yeah. So, I yeah, I'm I just want to watch kids get killed in the woods, you know. <laughs> That's all I want out of life. Yeah. Speaking of of our ghost reviewers. Yes. We did that twice. We tried to do three, yeah. but we didn't actually get the review done with the third guest person. So we watched three movies with other people in the room and the intention of talking about it with them together. <laughs> yes, we tried. Um, how do you, what do you think of that? Like, do you enjoy having other people watch your horror movies with you? Like, where do you stand on that? Uh, you know, the biggest downfall for it for me is, is fun. Finding out this thing that it just didn't occur to me really that people don't like horror. I mean, it's not just the ghost reviewers we actually had. I asked someone else if they would do it with us, and he told me, Yeah, I don't like horror and suspense movies. And I was like, Really? Is that a thing? How can you not? Like, what else do you want to do with your life? I mean, I get the horror piece. Yeah, they don't want to be scared, but. And, and I, I think don't that know. horror, often people, when you talk about horror, people think gore slasher films like they're like i don't want to see people get murdered and 
cut up and whatever. They're like thinking, you know, saw and stuff like that. Yeah, so let me go watch Law and Order right now instead. Right? <laughs> I don't understand the I don't watch suspense because, right. well, like, that's pretty much all I want to watch. But yeah, it turns out other people have their own opinions about things I that don't, don't get match it. ours. Why would they do that? So strange. Yeah, we asked a lot of people, um, or at least put it out there for a lot of different people to participate, and didn't have a whole lot of people banging our door down. No, that's sad. And it's also sad that, like, uh, my sister wasn't around. She yeah. is always happy to watch. She would. I don't know if it's exactly horror comedy. She likes really bad horror movies like I do. She does. You guys are all about the Sharknado movies. Well, she is. She <laughs> likes really bad horror more than I do, if, at least in that really bad sense, in the uh, sci-fi original kind of sense. Yeah. I'm looking forward to next year, though, when maybe we'll have a few other people who are interested, oh, or we fun. can maybe have mastered our whole podcast thing and get your sister involved, even if she's not local to us. Sure. That sort that of thing. That is technologically possible. Yeah. So do you have any thoughts about comparisons from this year to last year? Or you've been doing this for a long time. I've participated I sure in have. three. Yeah, I've been doing this forever. And, you know, I can't really judge going far back. But I can say that last year, you and I were doing these reviews. And there were tons of five-star movies. I'm saying tons. I think it was probably four, maybe five. Compared to this year, though, there were a lot. There were just so many that were so good, and we were so surprised by all these great, like, life-changing movies. We invented the five-plus last year, which we didn't need this year, it turns out. It was very surprising, and this year did not match up at all. In fact, this year felt real mediocre. The tons of twos and threes. Mm Mm-hmm. And just a lot of stuff in the middle, very few fives, and more zeros than I like to see. Yeah. Well, do you think that last year we were being more intentional about picking high-quality movies, like award-winning type movies, or was it just accidental? Yes, I kind of feel like looking at the list from last year that I actually went out of my way to look at lists of what are the best movies available Mm -hmm. on streaming and stuff, you know, so some of it just, yeah. We had way more foreign films last year, I think. I feel like that makes a difference. I personally respond better to foreign horror films because I find them scarier. They're more impactful because I'm not expecting things or I don't know how to interpret them as easily as American films. Yeah, it makes sense so we also worked together back in 2016 i just realized and again there's five movies that got five stars it was one zero 2016 one in 2017 two ish this month it's a little hard to say because we didn't agree but the one we did agree on worst movie ever the open house yeah that has i believe that the open house has stolen the title of worst horror movie that i've seen from hashtag horror which was always the bottom of the barrel for me it's just it's so hard for me because hashtag horror was so grating and painful and then the open house felt like it was really good like it all seemed quality and then it just shoved your face in the mud Mm, disappointing this was our first year of doing this podcast style it sure was (laughs) so 
the last two years we reviewed movies together, but we did them on like a Google Docs like conversation where where yeah. we were both working on the same Google Doc at the same time and just basically typing out our discussion. Actually, in 2016, we started out doing a really weird thing that I'm glad we stopped doing after a few, where each of us would individually interview the other, and we did two separate interviews. Oh yeah, that, that was, was how dumb. we started. Yeah, in 2016. but then in the middle of that month we switched it up to the joint discussion uh-huh. which is so much better definitely what do you think about the podcast is this an improvement do you want to keep doing the podcast <sighs> it's so scary and difficult it is a lot of time and effort yeah for you for sure i i have else. had a different experience about the whole podcast <laughs> thing because i have not been part of the editing process you have not I have been part of the editing process in that I am the person who uses the word so in front of almost every sentence I say. You're welcome. I say it a lot too. Do you feel like you've gotten better at talking or, you know, being part of a podcast, presenting your thoughts? I don't know. I don't have a strong feeling of that, which is sad. You'd think I would have learned a lot after 35 of these. As the editor, have you noticed any improvement in our ability to speak coherently? No. No. I'm still just having to chop out so many words. And our listeners, I'm sure, have noticed the choppy way we seem to talk. That's because in between all those chops, we're going, um, uh, dr, uh, re, erp. Yeah. It's not great. We're not great public speakers. No, we're not amazing. Thank goodness for editing. Yeah. Okay. In this process, what have you learned about yourself in, in watching these movies this month and having these discussions that we've had? What What's the big takeaway for the whole month for you? You know, the big self-reflection moment was when we were sitting in the theater watching Halloween and the girls behind us were trying to hide from Michael Myers. Yeah, it and was while adorable. And kicking our seats. And I realized how horror movies don't scare me at all. And, you know, I can remember being quote-unquote young, by which I mean like 35. (laughs) And I'd watch a scary movie and then like have to go outside to feed the dogs and it was dark. And I wasn't afraid, you know, I wasn't actually thinking I was going to be attacked by a ghost. But I felt nervous and I would go and quickly turn the light on and I I could recognize that I was scared and concerned. Sure. It's gone. There's nothing. It's just like I'm turning into a psychopath. You're so jaded. I'm so jaded. So that's a really sad thing and I'm trying to like, I'm honestly trying to think of how to repair that. If there's some way to unjade yourself. And I don't really think there is if I continue to watch 30 horror movies every month, you know? Every year? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, one month a year. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if you can detox from that like you can from caffeine. Like if you just yeah. go cold turkey for a while, <laughs> will it be scarier later? I don't, I don't think so. I sort of feel like part of that is also just accumulated knowledge from your life. Like, you know how the world works in a way that you didn't know when you were 16 or 25 or 35. Yeah, you always learn new stuff. Yeah. Apparently ghosts are not going to attack me. (laughs) Which is fine. I'm glad they're not, but 
it would be fun to be a little on edge. Hmm. I mean, not in general. I am on edge in general, and I don't like that. But ghost-related edge. What have you learned through this process? Well, I think my biggest takeaway for the month is that it's really important to me how a story is told. Mm -hmm. And... I think that part of that is that I've done more of my own storytelling in the last couple of years, and I've become more aware of the the mechanics that go into writing a story, and not just for myself, but I've also, you know, as part of my writing groups and stuff, I do more critiques. Yeah. And those critiques are largely around how does the story work, and how was it put together, and was it put together in a way that was effective? So when I read books now, just for fun, or I watch a TV show, or I watch a movie, yeah. like these fun things that I used to be able to do without thinking, I'm now noticing more of the brokenness of it, or the the stuff where I'm like, ugh, that's not working. Why did they do it that way? You're describing playing a video game right now. Oh, yeah. 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 I, you know, I guess the more expertise you have in any area the more you're going to notice the mistakes that other people make. Yeah. And I, you can see that in my scores for this month. Like the, the stories that were told in an interesting, unique, well-organized way get higher scores. And my zeros were, I gave two, well, two and a half zeros. <laughs> yeah. um, they were all because the storytelling was so flawed that I it was unforgivable to me. Yeah, the Crescent Moon Clown did mm. not have a story. No. It was just a bunch of scenes. Right, and then the open house was a story that didn't go anywhere. Like, it had all mm -hmm. of the, the a whole lot of promise and no payoff. And Flight 666, I gave half a star to, but really, they had the same problem. Like, there was no arc. There was nothing for me to follow in that. Yeah, but the guys with muscles won. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, didn't cover it. I've, the other place where my increased knowledge became obvious was I was much less tolerant of ignorance-based things like racism mm -hmm. and misogyny and homophobia, things like that. There was one movie, I don't think we've mentioned this anywhere, there was a movie, yes. I'm not even going to say the title of it. We discussed this at all. We watched it and it was so bad, not, not necessarily in terms of storytelling, but the content content of it was so inexcusably hateful yeah. and disturbing that yeah. we flat out were like, well, we're not even going to talk about this movie because we don't want people to go see it even out of curiosity. Well, and like we didn't know what we could say about it. It was right. hard to discuss right, something right. like that. Right. So yeah, so that's a great movie. You should check that out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I gave lower scores to movies that weren't able to treat human beings like human beings within the context of their story which yeah i mean that's kind of i don't know there's something to that like it's uh there's bad storytelling then there's bad being a human like mm -hmm. if you're gonna it, it doesn't like villains are evil but you know like do you really want your story to revolve around badness well, right and are you telling the story so that the people watching are going to pick up on oh being a hateful person is a bad thing right or is it just part of life like and and mm -hmm. i've become much more sensitive to that i think i don't have the tolerance for being a hateful person just because it's entertaining i don't find it entertaining anymore yeah that makes sense 
so need that in our society. That's that's kind of what I picked up on myself. Also, that there are multiple podcasts because I go back and listen to each one after it's been posted. <laughs> I am fascinated by us having a discussion, which is there's probably some a, a whole slew of therapists who could have a field day with that. Wouldn't it be great if they did a podcast about it? Right. But one of the things that I noticed is that every time it got to ratings, I would say, so this month I'm really trying to rate movies based <laughs> on and every time it was something different i didn't know that there is zero consistency in anything that i so do or say to rate it based on anything nope nope it no. was based on whatever was in my head in the moment that we we recorded the podcast i want to just throw one issue one memory about this which is that when we started all this uh when we did those separate interviews the first year one of the questions i had for you was so i know you hate horror movies what would you rather do instead of watching this movie and so it was like a challenge of you know if you'd rather clean the bathrooms instead of watch this movie clearly it's a really bad movie right or really horrific and stuff and i feel like you have gone 359 degrees from that position so you're almost in exactly the same place no. almost <laughs> okay maybe it's 180 to where you are really appreciating all these different horror movies and what they have to offer. And I don't know, we're, we're getting into a whole realm of storytelling. Like, uh, I don't know, we're, I think we're learning about how these movies work and what they mean. I, I, know, I think I know what you're talking about. And absolutely my approach to this, like, you had to beg me to join into this uh-huh. process. And now I look forward to it every year. And so I fun. very much want to continue doing it. Part of it may be that I've, I've desensitized myself a little bit. Like I used to be more sensitive to the goriness and whatever. And it, I'm less sensitive now. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. There's, again, we have more expertise. Yeah. We're not experts. <laughs> no. We don't know what we're talking about. But we have more expertise than we did three years ago and I definitely think that the back and forth having both of us participate like I know so many times you'll bring up something that I didn't even think of at all or you'll have a different approach to the movie or a different perspective on it where I'm like yeah. oh I don't hate it nearly as much as I did before or yeah, vice versa like I hate it even more because you pointed out things that you disliked yeah I feel like when I went into this seven, eight, whatever years ago it was, I was just having fun with it. I mean, I'm still just having fun with it. This has no real intellectual content. But I was just going, wee, this movie, you know, I like that the body count is 15 mm-hmm. people and it's so great to see zombies eat their brains. But now, after all these years of it, I've come around to what is the metaphor of this movie? What What is it trying to tell us about humanity? And like, uh, I'm in there on, right. on the level. And I, I always think uh, about the Babadook and how it's just a complete, perfect metaphor for depression. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's, that's a good movie. That's what we need to be doing. It's telling stories about something real in a fantastic way. And I like that. Every Absolutely. time I find one of those... 
is so great. Absolutely. I, I, I feel like both of us respond really well to that kind of movie, and those tend to get higher scores. And unfortunately, we did not see much of that this year. No, I feel like A Dark Song is a, something of that sort. It had something to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we gave it five. Hmm. Speaking of ratings... Ratings! Let's talk about how our ratings break down. What were our averages for the year? Well, this year, on average, this surprises me given your penchant for zeros, I rated movies on average 2.9 stars, or whatever the unit was, while you rated movies 3.2 stars on average. So, you are, I think, once again, more lenient than I am. Let's compare. So in past years, as far back as the spreadsheet goes, which is two years, you have been 0.2 higher than me. This time it's 0.3. So you're rocketing to the moon. You're going to start giving everything a five. Well, I think along with my penchant for zeros, I have a penchant for fives. Like I either hate or love movies. You gave Bad Ben a five. uh, I'm looking at my scores right now, and I noticed that I also gave Tag a five. You did. And... Yeah, I'm not going to second guess my scores because I gave my scores based on how I felt after watching the movie. But some of them, my scores this year were very fickle. Like, (laughs) no, that's not what I'm trying to say. The movies were all so different. They really were. That it was hard to give consistency to my ratings because what I loved one movie about might be something that I hated in another movie, but I would have loved something else about it. Like a lot of the movies that we watched, I struggled to score because there were things I disliked and things that I liked and I was having to kind of wrap (laughs) my head around the whole like overall feel of it rather than just that it was a well-made movie with a good story and great acting and I definitely can give it a five. There were very few of those this year. What I usually did was as soon as the movie was over, I would have a number in my head. And in many cases, it changed during our discussion Mm. because you said things that were very interesting and changed it up. But for me, it was that I wanted to get the feeling of it. Like, yeah, that was Mm -hmm. 3.5. That worked for me. And then I kind of backtracked from there to why I got there. Because it's just the feeling of the movie. Like, that was great. That's a five star. Now, what are the things that made it great? Sure. So I think it makes sense, though, that my scores are a little bit higher this year. I don't remember in previous years if this was the case, but... I definitely had a one through five rating system (laughs) in my head and zeros were for the movies that didn't even make it into the rating system. Yes, I agree with that. That is my real strategy. Except that your middle score is a 2.5 and my middle score is a three. So it automatically makes my scores a little bit higher. Yeah, I say that, but... Yours is a zero through five. If middle is 2.5... It's not though. I call the 2.5 the middle... But I don't give zeros unless it's off the scale, unless it's not a valid film. Okay, that's fine. I was but offended you're... by your 0.5. I felt like that is not a rating that should exist. If one is the bottom, you can give a zero if it's not a real movie, but that's it. I don't think you understand how numbers work. Numbers do not work, <laughs> is the thing. Oh, yeah. I did say 2.5 was my middle. I said it a lot. You did, I know. Which I feel like establishes very strongly that you are using a 0 through 5 system. I'm not, though. Then you don't know what middle (laughs) means. I don't know. Are we going to do a podcast again next year? 
Hey, Sully. Yes. Are we going to do a podcast again next year? Well, I hope so. I I hope so, so much that I've been trying to convince you to do a weekly movie review, not just horror, but like a podcast where every week we review something and have a discussion like this. And you have refused because it's work for you or something. I don't know. Well, refused isn't quite the word. The word is have tried to talk you into learning how to edit since you're the one who wants to do it so much. But then it would also be work for me. Right. (laughs) We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. Uh, I definitely want to do this again next year. I really liked the podcast. Um, Being able to talk about it, Mm -hmm. I thought, was really fun. Of course, you'll note... All the Grotopia fans who clicked on these YouTube videos all really wanted it to be a video podcast. That's not happening. It's not happening. No. Okay. I can do podcasts in my pajamas. True. I don't have to like wash my hair for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is technically the official end of our 31 movie reviews. Of 35 movies. Of 35 movies for 2018. However... What? Dun, dun, dun. What's happening? You have said you are going to do this new tradition that... Well, fairly new. Started last year. Where on the actual day of Halloween... You watch as many horror movies as you can. Yes. Which seems like a great strategy for someone who's trying not to be desensitized to horror. And who has a bad back. They can't right. even sit on a couch for long. Uh, but you do like to watch them, and you do like little mini, like one or two line reviews of Just each a one. Quickie. Uh, last year, I managed to get through nine movies, so we're hoping we can beat that this year. Uh, and when he says we, he means him, because this is not a part that I generally participate in. But what we're going to do is we're going to get Sully to join in with some of these, because we know a couple that will entice her. Oh, yeah, there's a few where I almost put them in for the month. We try. There, There is a long list of wannabe movies this mm. year, more than usual. Unfortunately, I, th- I feel like they got cut out because they were mostly comedy, and we already had too much comedy. We do have some comedy But I will be doing an interview of you Woo. so that you can do your little mini reviews of your Halloween Day marathon. Okay. We better make it quick, though, because this has not been a quick little podcast right here, this wrap-up. All right. Well, let's shut up and get out of here. All right. Let's Bye. get out of here. Bye, everybody. Happy 2018! Best Halloween ever! Ooh.